Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries online radio shows. This is the edition of Clarify Your Life with Associate Pastor Kimberly Horvath. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today. I'm feeling really good. Oh. I have a great message. I'm excited. So, yeah, oh, all good. is well. Okay. Well, I, I'm waiting and been waiting to hear what God has been saying to you since the last time, you know, over a month, it's like, okay, that's a lot of talking. (laughs) I'm going to give you the floor and, and please bless us with a word. Well, amen. Um, I'm always excited about my segment. You know that. And um, I'm even more excited myself. I think I'm as excited as you are to find out what God is going to talk Mm -hmm. about. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes he keeps it a mystery <laughs> You know, sometimes I feel it brewing And sometimes he keeps it a mystery um, But this lesson today excites me Because um, it's all about, you know, what I'm called to And um, okay. so what we're going to be talking about today Is what to expect when you take control of your relationship with God all right. What to expect when you take control, when you take it out of people's hands, when you take control of your relationship with God. So, you know, I was talking a moment ago about my call, and my call really is to those leaders that have chosen, I should say it this way, to those people who have chosen to become leaders simply because they have taken ownership of their relationship with God. And that means that they have taken the responsibility of how they progress in the word out of the hands of other people and put it into their own hands. Right. Okay. That is Mm -hmm. a very specific group of people. And they come to that decision quite often because of something that has happened that has not gone well. Okay. Oftentimes that is the case of how it happens. Um, But the truth is that whatever it is that has not gone well was allowed to happen because they needed to awaken. Yeah. In, In our society, our approach to religious relationships is very different. You know, I, we talk about this often than it is in right. a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. And we are what I, what I call lazy Christians. And I, <laughs> and I give us that term because we look for other people to tell us everything about how our relationship with God is supposed to work. Right. And so we look for them to tell us how we're supposed to learn. We look for them to tell us about what kind of things God can do and what kind of things God can't do. We look mm-hmm. for them to motivate us. We look for them to give us wisdom. We look, I mean, I mean, seriously, like we look to them for everything. We look for them to tell us exactly how to, to tell right from wrong. We look, we look for them for everything. Yeah. We don't want mm-hmm. to do the work ourselves. And then what happens often is people direct you to the Bible and they say, just read your Bible. 
but you can't just read your Bible without having the Holy Spirit to guide you with some with some discernment and interpretation. Because right. the reality is that our Bible, we all know that it, that it consists of the Old and New Testament, but what we don't understand is how to apply the Old or the New Testament to our lives. We don't understand what it means when it says the Old and the New Testament. We look at that and we're like, okay, well, you say that God never changes and you say this and you say that, but when you look at the Word, if you just look at it with your natural mind and you look at the Old and the New Testament, you would, you would think that God was schizophrenic. <laughs> you it, it would leave you just saying, you know, you you're like, you know, God is a, a God that, that that kills, that that wages war and he's one that you should be afraid of and then on the other hand it's like, but God is so loving. He loves you so much he let his son die. You know? Mm-hmm. Then you see people starving to death and then you see but you can have whatever you want. Like you would think that God is the greatest fence straddler of them all. Mm-hmm. If you go about reading the Bible on your own, yeah. But the truth of the matter is that God is not like that at all. You have to do a little bit more digging, a little bit more reading, a little bit more research, in okay. in order to gain some understanding. But most importantly, you need to be led. You need to be led. Mm-hmm. So for people who have had something occur, I, I, I hope that they're listening, and I hope that they're saying, you know what, that's me. Because this conversation that we're going to have tonight is specifically for those people who have come to the end of something and to the beginning of another, and they don't know what it is. They just know that something needs to change. And right. for those, and, and, and these are you who are frustrated maybe with human relationships, but you haven't given up on God. What I want to, what I really want to walk you through is just a few steps, just a few of them. Now, mm-hmm. understand, this is not the total sum of. This is just a few key things that you can expect. When you decide, you know what, I haven't given up on God, so I really need to just kind of take control of my relationship with him. And yeah. I need to really begin to walk this a different way and figure out how to let God lead me. Okay? So yeah. that's who this is. This is for. And, okay. and the first thing that I want to tell you is that if this is you, one of the first things that you can expect to experience is that you have to know that you will be considered to be a different kind of Christian. Right. Can I, can you, I just say one thing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> People forget two words in the Bible, and that's new covenant. That yes. is what that's, that's what it's based on. There's a new agreement with God. That yes. is why you the change. So go right ahead. I just wanted to throw that yes. in. Well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's just go ahead and open that up so that we have an understanding. I think that that's a fantastic place to start because people don't understand that, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you hear people, even people who are, you know, those who say, well, you know, it's all about the New Testament. You know, we're in the New Testament. We have this new way, this new relationship with God. And then they don't want to pay attention at all to the Old Testament because they feel that the Old Testament is like no good. And you need both to get a full picture. 
Okay, so, yes. you know, you have to understand that, first of all, when you look at Genesis, which is really the beginning of everything, the beginning of, mm. of all creation, the beginning of our world, the beginning of man, um, the beginning of us seeing that there was a relationship with God and man, the, the sad mm-hmm. thing is that in the beginning of the book, they move to the place where man sinned so quickly that we really don't get to see a lot of the relationship between God and man before sin. Right. We don't get to see a lot of that. So all we know, I mean, it's almost as if he was born today and tomorrow he sinned. It wasn't like that. (laughs) It was time, right? There was, he was created. There was time. Eve was created. There was time, right? Right. And then at some point in time, the the fall happened. And we know mm-hmm. that there was time because it makes reference to the fact that there was a relationship between yeah. God and man. And mm-hmm. it was a good relationship. It was something that God enjoyed and it was something that man enjoyed. Right. Okay? It, and it was the way God intended for it to be between him and man. Okay, so here's the first thing that I want you to understand about that. It's that God never intended for us to know, understand, experience, or be able to relate to sin of any kind. (laughs) Amen. And if you just think about all the things that come to you as a result of sin, um, sinful thinking, like that would be, I think, most of our life would be wiped out. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even when we just look at things we watch on TV, certain things that we read, different things that we participate in, they don't have to be inherently evil in order to be contaminated by sin. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that we embrace as our just everyday life that simply would not exist at all if we just never experienced anything that had to do with sin. Right. And that is what God intended. So that's yes, the first thing that you have to understand. So that there is no confusion. You may not understand why wars were waged and people were killed and God allowed all these things and, you know, sickness, disease and, and all this kind of stuff. You may not understand it, but you need to get clear that God never intended that we needed to experience any of that. He never intended right. that we ever had to experience death. He never intended that we experience sickness. He never experienced that we expected that we would in, um, he never intended that we would experience lack of any kind in our life. He always no. expected us to be 100% completely whole and full. Mm-hmm. It's, the word yeah. is clear. That yeah, it's, it's was crystal. his expectation. And, no. and from the moment of the fall, his immediate decision was to, was to get us back into a place of right standing so that we could once again experience life as he intended, even <laughs> with sin in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay? But, oh, no, we brought it. You know, there were, there were two trees. And uh, when, you, when you look at the Old Testament, you have to remember that we ate off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
So it interrupts that relationship that we have with God because we see all these things we weren't supposed to see in the first place happening Mm -hmm. on this earth. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's really hard to, to to see those things, and then everyone wants to know well, where's God in all of this? Why is He allowing all of this? And it's like you weren't even supposed to see it in the first place. Okay, I'm done. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and again, I want you know the other thing that I think that is important for people to understand is that God is not about control. From the very foundation of the earth, he was not about control. You could see it in his relationship with Adam and Eve. He was not about control because if he wanted to stop them from um, eating of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil, he could have. But he believes in free will and choice. Mm-hmm. Okay? He, be- he is a God that believes in free will and choice. And they had to choose. And, and it is hard to choose when you do not know what really you're giving up. I get that. We understand that a little bit differently because we understand the balance of good and evil. Trust me when I tell you, Adam and Eve did not understand that balance. They only knew good. So imagine in their minds, they had no concept of what could happen because they had never experienced anything evil. No. They had never experienced lack. So how could they think of lack? Mm -mm. They couldn't. The concept never even crossed their mind. It's not like they looked at it and said, okay, well, here's some good, and if I eat, you know, this is how I'm living, but if I I do this, I'll get to experience some of that other stuff and and had an understanding of what the other stuff was. No. Remember what what the enemy said. He told her, he, he told Eve, if, you know, God doesn't want you to do this because he knows that you will be more like him, knowing mm-hmm. good and evil. But the key there is that he said to her, you would be more like him. Right. And she loved the father. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the uh, same way yeah. he is with her, he is with us. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to twist words, situations, and all that kind of stuff just so to make it so that in our minds we'll say, well, it's really not so bad. Like, why, why would he not want me to be more? I, I want to know as much about him as I can. He is, he's crafty. But mm-hmm. they didn't understand him as crafty. You know, we yeah. say, I don't understand why, why, I don't understand why Adam did that. Because he didn't understand evil. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the same reason why a child touches a hot oven. Yeah. They don't understand it until they touch it. Had They've never been burned before. Bet you yeah. once they get burned, they don't touch it again. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't really take much. <laughs> It's very simple. It doesn't really take much. So, you know, understand that, you know, the original way for us to exist was really without having any understanding and knowledge, preconceived notion, anything at all about evil. And so God's intention is to get us back to a state where we could could live um, as closely to that as possible without, without the influence of evil. That's what he wants. He wants us to be able to live denying that part of us and not having the influence 
of whatever is negative happening in our life. That's what God wants for us. Amen? Amen. All right. So with you. So when you make the decision that, so, you know, and, and, and sometimes I shouldn't just say that oftentimes people come to this because something happens, although that's true. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just, you know, you're in a situation where you really just want to know more. And it doesn't matter whether you're in church or not in church or whatever. Sometimes you just get to a place where within yourself, you're like, I just want to know some more. You know, Bible study isn't enough for me. These sermons I'm hearing is not enough for me. Um, you know, this, you know, religious television is not enough. I'm reading the Bible, but, you know, it's just really not enough. I just, for whatever reason, I just need some more. And so you decide that you're going to take control. You're not going to wait passively for it to happen. You're going to do something to make it happen. Okay? And these these people are what I call ask, seek, and knock Christians. Right? Because these are the people that are going to go after it. They're going to ask, they're going to seek, they're going to knock. And they're going to receive mm-hmm. as a result of all of that kind of activity. So right. the thing that you have to understand when you become that kind of Christian is that you're going to be a different kind of Christian. There are all kinds of Christians in the world. They really are. But many of us, especially in the U.S., because we're used to things being done for us, um, we are people who believe, for whatever reason, that um, our relationship with God should be dictated by someone else. Right. Okay. Now, that comes from a lot of different things. But let's just look at the Old Testament, and that's one of the biggest examples of where that comes from. Because in the Old Testament, people could not go directly to the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Only the priest could mm-hmm. at certain times of the year. And it, and it teaches you how, you know, the male head of every family would have to go back to Israel at certain times of the year to meet with the priest and to give these offerings for the sins of the family to be forgiven. And then that priest would need to go into the Holy of Holies to intercede on their behalf, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that priest who went into the Holies of Holies, now mind you, if, if, the, if there are any of you that are Bible scholars, this is the area that is covered by the veil, right? And when he mm-hmm. walked behind the veil, that's where the presence of God existed, okay? Exactly. If he mm-hmm. was not straight, if he was not right himself, as a man, being without sin, you know, being blah, 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 right? If he wasn't right, when he went behind a veil, he would die, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that when the priest went behind a veil, he went behind a veil, he had this big bell, this make clanking and making this sound, and if that bell stopped ringing and he had a big rope tied around him and people on the other end of the rope because if that bell stopped ringing, it meant that he had died. And they had to pull him out from the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. Do y'all hear that? The kind of thing that they had to go through just to get forgiven? Right. Um, and that wasn't a permanent sacrifice. That only lasted for that year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Listen to that, okay? So... You know, this is where a lot of that thinking of I'm not worthy to go to God myself comes from. Because in the Old Testament, they couldn't. And as people moved from the Old Testament into a new era, they brought a lot of the old 
thinking ways and behaviors with them. Yes. And they did not they, they, fully grasp the concept of what God had really done on the cross. Okay. All right. Okay. So in the Bible, it tells us that literally when Jesus said, it is finished, the veil that I just told you about that was before the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. the place where the presence of God dwelt, literally was cut in half. Like it just cut in half. Like it wasn't a human being that did it. it they, they said it rent in two, in half. Now, here's the thing that I want you to understand. Let me just see if I can get there real quick. That, that, <laughs> that thing messed me up because I was studying that earlier this week. And it messed me up because when I, when I, it was the first time I actually saw, here it is. Um, it's in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one for those of you who want to see it. But that curtain, you find out from Jewish historians, historians was 40 feet wide, mm-hmm. 20 feet high, and four inches thick. Yeah. And it just, and it went in two, not from top to bottom, but from bottom to top. I mean, right. not from bottom to top. I'm sorry, from top to bottom. You're right. And there weren't any people that were 40 feet tall to do it. <laughs> you have to understand the significance of that. The moment that Jesus said, it is finished, that mm-hmm. veil rent in two, and the presence of God was no longer behind the holies of holies. Right. I, 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 I always emphasize with that, that the Pharisees and the Sacrisees pretty much got their pink flips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was no need mm-hmm. for them to to um, intercede. God took that away. He took That's that right. away. And uh, a lot of new testimony, you know, you know uh, new Christians who, who follow the New Testament don't, don't get it. That it's a new commitment. It's a new promise. It's 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 all new, you know. It's new. Yes, it is. It is new. And 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 one of the things that often uh, confuses people is because you know Jesus said, "I did not come to uh, what do you say to get to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it." And what people have to understand is that he is not saying, you know, hey. I wanted the law, to, you know, the law has to remain. He's not saying that. Why would he need to fulfill something that was going to stay? <laughs> no. God gave us the law so that we would understand our dire need for him. Mm-hmm. He gave us the law so that we would understand that we could not do what was necessary to, to remain in his good graces without him. He gave us the law to prepare our hearts and our spirits for the presence of Jesus to, to come mm-hmm. so that when he died on the cross, those who were living at that time would receive the work that he did. Right. That's why we had to have the law. If people felt that they could accomplish, you know, the Ten Commandments and all the other laws that were there, they would have never been looking for the Messiah, but they were looking for him to come, expecting him to come. He just didn't mm-hmm. come the way they thought he would. Mm-hmm. They had a hard time believing that he wasn't born as a king. 
Right. And because and he was hey, born in a manger. He was a regular yeah. person to them. Yes, he was. He was human. He wrapped himself in flesh. So, you know, they they were expecting that he was going to be one of these great kings that came and that he was going to be born and live in this beautiful palace that was built. And, you know, they expected someone that was going to come and, and live in royalty who was going to be the Messiah. And that's not who they got. And, and so, go ahead. Another argument, just another argument that, that I've, um, not argument, but uh, area where people don't understand is when God said the um, to look for Elijah to come, and right. when Christ came in the New Testament, it clearly states, and I don't have the have the uh, scripture that the spirit of Elijah rested on Christ. Uh-huh. And that is what the two books together. Yes. That's all I have to say. (laughs) You know, this is really important for people to understand um, in their walk. So go right ahead. And and, and here's the truth. And, and, you know, know, this is not meant to be, you know, the study, but I want to tell you something, is that if you look at, um, you know, Google it, (laughs) you know, what the Old Testament says would happen when the Messiah comes. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that was said about the Messiah, about what he would do, was done in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus did every single thing. He fulfilled every single work that all of mm-hmm. the old prophets said would be accomplished by the Messiah. Amen. Every single one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there is no doubt that he was the Messiah. He really was. It's just that some people have missed it. Right. They've missed it. Yes. So yes. when you know, so when we talk about like last month, we were talking about new wine and old wineskins. This is literally what we're talking about. Prior to Christ saying it is finished, we were in the old wineskins. Mm-hmm. But once he said It is finished You now have the new wineskin Which means we now Have a new covenant That has new ways Of existence for us as humans New rules, mm-hmm. new laws, new commandments new, Like new Okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean That the old is bad It's just not Where you're supposed to be and I'm and I'm going to to go a step further and say the old didn't work. If it, it worked, work. it, it it only it worked for yeah, yeah a limited period of work. time. They had an expiration date. It 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 you know I always refer back to the entire book of Malachi, where God is extremely upset with the priests because they have led their people, his, his children away from him. And so yes. he needed he needed a new agreement, a final yes. sacrifice uh-huh. to to have his children be able to go to so you don't have to be in the hands of the Pharisees or the Sacrisees. Uh-huh. That he was, yeah. 
you are, this is a good word. It's like the white elephant in the room. No one wants to discuss yeah. it because they don't right. want to offend. Right. But, you know, Christ came so that we could be free. Right. You know, um, he, he came so that we can be free. And the thing that you have to understand is that when you have accepted Christ, that means that you have accepted the Lamb of God, the one who sacrificed his life and took away the sins of the world, the entire world, not just some of them, but every sin perpetrated by any person ever until the end of time. That mm. one sacrifice that he did of giving over his life because he was free from sin covers mm-hmm. us all mm-hmm. forever. There is not a mm-hmm. thing that you could ever do that God would say, I'm not going to forgive you. Not one thing no. because of what Jesus did on the cross. Right. Okay? And, and, and one of the things that he has done on the cross that we just don't take advantage of is that he has made it so we can do what it says and come boldly to the throne of grace, have a conversation with God, ask whatever it is that we will so that we can receive of our Father. Mm-hmm. We can ask for whatever we want to ask for. We can have whatever conversation we need to have with him because of the work that Jesus does. And we do not have to qualify outside of being a follower of Christ. Right. That's it. Right. That's you it. don't you follow. Can't, you can't earn your way into this. You It's, it's not about what you've done. It's not about you. <laughs> you can't earn it. And you can't cause yourself to be disqualified once you have accepted Christ. When you accept him, that's it. That's it. And, and because. you know, many people may not feel that that's fair, but it is the way, that is just the truth. It doesn't matter yeah. if you are, if you have backslidden every day that you have been in this walk. It doesn't matter yeah. what that backsliding activity is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you are caught up in. It just matters that you are a believer. And if you are a believer and you go to God with your heart, you tell mm-hmm. him what you want, and he's going to do everything he can to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, that's a hard pill for people to swallow. But, I, you know, it gets into so many other things. Because, you know, one of the things when I was studying is that, we say, um, hold on, I'm going to get, because I'm moving ahead of myself, but okay. I have to, <laughs> I have to in order to get to this point. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so this is a, a gift, right? So what we're talking about here is the gift that, that Jesus has give us, given us, okay? And what this means now is that we have a right to what Christ has died for, which is this free relationship with God. And there's yeah. nothing about us that can earn it. It is a gift. It's just a gift. You can only receive it. Yeah. Okay? You can't you can't earn it. 
You can only be seen. Nope, no matter what you do. Okay. So when you're, you know, when you, when you're in this place where you're like, you know what, I need more. Um, it doesn't matter why you get there. The point is that you're there. And you have to recognize that people are going to find you a little bit odd because you're going to be doing things that a lot of other people don't do. There are a lot of people that walk this Christian walk. They go to church, um, you know, whether it's every week or once in a while. Like, that's what they do. That's where they get their edification from. And then they keep it moving. And that's pretty much all they do. And then some people are all up in the church. But it's still just they do according to what's in the church and what their pastor has has said and what their leaders have said. And that's really all they do. And that's fine. If that works for you, that's fine. That's where you are in your walk. That's fine. But for some people, that is not enough. Understand that there will be people that will fight against that. And the reason uh, they will fight against you taking control of your relationship and doing more to find out more. And the reason why is because no matter who you are, when you begin to do something that's going to cause you to be different than the crowd and the circle that you have been in, they are always going to try to pull you back because it makes them think about themselves and what they're not doing. Exactly. It's really not so much about you as it is the mirror that you are holding up to them, not because you want to, but simply because by nature of you doing more, it makes them think about themselves. And as you begin to progress in God, you can expect that you're going to probably change relationships. You're going to meet new people. You're going to leave some people alone. You know, you're going, to, you're going to gain new teachers and some teachers you're no longer going to follow. You know, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to happen in your life, but you just have to continue to walk in the path that you believe that you're being led to. So the second thing, you know, so the first thing is that you are going to feel, you know, um, you have to recognize that you're different. But the second thing that you're going to have to come to understand when you take control is that you're going to have to study more. Okay, you you can't just accept sermons for truth. But when your pastor challenges you and says, "Don't listen to me, go home and study it," you're going to be one of those people that go home and study it. Why? Yeah. Not to prove him right or wrong, but because when you That's go home own. and you study it, you can begin to live it because you take it in and you gain a different level of understanding. You know. Um, in in the Bible, it, it, there's a parable that talks about the seed that is sown and, you know, some seed, you know, some things that will sprout up will die and some seed that sprout up sticks and it stays. That's how the word is in our life. Some word that you get, it, it sticks and stays. And other word that you get, it doesn't stick and stay. I really do strongly believe that a lot of times it doesn't stick because we haven't gone back to study it and put it in our spirit. And so we leave it kind of dangling out there with half of an understanding and no application, and the enemy comes and just eats it up. Mm-hmm. So you really are going to have to go back home, and you're going to have to study that word and get a, full, a fuller understanding according to what God has for you at that time. And you're going to have to learn how to be led by the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, to guide you in that word. And, and remember, 
you know, the word is a, it's a word that builds upon itself. God says he teaches you precept by precept. So that means that you're going to read a word today and you're going to get one revelation and you're going to read it six months from now. You're going to get a deeper revelation. You're going to read it six years from now and you're going to get yet even a deeper revelation because that's how the word is. It is living, breathing, moving, edifying word of God. So it is. And, and, and as so, you're getting these revelations, as you're getting these revelations, the, it, the, Document your journey. Write in the write in your Bible. Uh-huh. I don't. Bible should be used and worn, uh, uh-huh. but write in the edges when God has revealed the word to you, and that way you uh-huh. can go back and look over your journey and over your relation. You have a documented relationship. Yes. Yes. I want to tell you a quick a quick story about that. Um, I don't remember if I shared it before. Uh, I don't think so because it just happened. So when I was on retreat last last month, um, no, yeah, in August, um, there was um, I, I felt the, the spirit of God tell me to give my Bible to someone, and my heart fell because I had had that Bible for a lot of years. But when I first started really, really, you know, looking at the word differently, it was a parallel Bible. It had the NIV and the King James. And and, um, I was still in the Baptist church that I grew up in when I got that Bible. And I was, you know, it it helped me to more fully Mm -hmm. understand. Now, the reality is that I don't often pull out that Bible anymore because I'm looking at, you know, I have my tablet, I have, you know, many Bibles. I am looking at the word in many different variations, including the interlinear Bible, especially when I'm studying. And so it wasn't really a matter of me needing it. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. It was just a matter of me wanting it. And in that Bible, I had written in that Bible, I had highlighted in that Bible. When sermons right. were preached, I would write the, the, you know, the date that it was preached and by who. You know, mm-hmm. um, I made notes in that Bible, all kinds of stuff, because you know that's what I believe also, like you, that you should do with your Bible, writing it. Right. And so the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give this Bible to this woman here. And my heart mm-hmm. sank because I didn't want to do it. And I very quickly, realizing that you know I wasn't being right, was like, Spirit, Holy Spirit, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Know that I'm yeah. having a hard time with it because I don't want to let it go, but I will mm-hmm. do this. And Michelle, so um, I didn't have the Bible with me, but I told her. And so the day that we left the retreat, she came to my mother's house, and I handed her over the Bible. I wrote a nice little note in there for her, and I handed it over to her. Well, I had the opportunity to, to see her last week, and I was so excited. Because she was so excited. Because Mm -hmm. she was at that place where I was when I needed a parallel Bible. And she said to me, she says, you know, I was in a tough place, a really tough place in the spirit. And I looked at the Bible and I saw how you would read the Psalms. And instead of, you know, uh, saying, you know, that the, the Lord was mindful of Israel, you said the Lord was mindful of me. Mm-hmm. She said that changed my prayer life I had to change the way I was praying And put me in it mm-hmm. I saw that you did that So now I said you know what I'm going to do that And she and she mm-hmm. gave me this beautiful testimony How because she had done that And her belief turned different That she was able to get past That hurdle that she was in And mm-hmm. I thought oh praise you God Because you know what you know all things And if she had not had that Bible How long would it have taken her to get through that 
Right. You know? Right. So don't treat your Bible like it's oh so holy and you can't, like, do anything with it. The Word mm-hmm. is what's holy. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a book. Mm-hmm. The Word is what's holy. And so right. write in it. Make it make it real for you, so that when you go yep. back, you don't have to remember, but you already have that understanding right there in it, right there in mm-hmm. it. And then when you get a new revelation, write that in there too. Use it. Use it. And you never know. Yeah. One day, one day, God might have you pass it on to someone else who's mm-hmm. going to be greatly appreciative to have those notes in the Bible. That's just a little sidebar. Absolutely. And, and we have to also remember that the entire, um, not everything that Christ did was written down. He he um, made oh, that God clear. Know, yeah. Yeah, but he said, I have written the word on your heart. And that is what touches people because they identify with something that they read. And they go, oh, this sounds so familiar. This feels so comfortable. This is this, and it's because it's engraved on your heart. No one can take the word away from you. No, as it's right, you have to get that. No one can take the word away from you. And so, when you when begin to read your Bible and make those connections, get those aha moments. It's it's Uh like a thing to document and and. Gift. When you gave your Bible to someone else, you you began their journey. That's right. You began their journey That's right. for them. That's right. So, and then you have to have to recognize too that God has you one in on one also. <laughs> so you know He's not going to have you give up something that you need. No, <laughs> you have outgrown that Bible. And you I, I really have. Mm-hmm. I really have. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not like I don't have other Bibles. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, and so, and I actually I actually started using another one just here recently, you know, um, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I think it's time for me to start using this Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with it. So just, good you know, as a sidebar, just, you know, think think about, think about that. Uh, so, uh so I said, you know, you're, you're going to be studying more. So you are going to be studying more. And um, it's important. You know, here's the thing. I, I often use this example. You know, but when you're studying, you have to be led by the Spirit. And, um, you know, I can't explain to you how to be led by the Spirit. You have to experience it. You know, there, there, you know I have this one girlfriend that I would tell people, I can't tell you about her. You have to experience her. Okay. (laughs) Because she was that kind of person. She's that kind of person. Not was. She is. You know, she's filled with life. You know, there are some people that you can say, oh, well, she's like this, she's like that, she's like this. But if I told you about her by explaining to you some of the things that she does, you might think she's loud and outrageous and crazy. I think that she's wonderful and brilliant and colorful, and I love spending time with her. She is alive. And she reminds me to embrace life and to be alive, you know. Um, but I say to them, and I, and I say it um, as a compliment, I can't tell you about her. You have to experience her. You have to experience the brilliance of her. 
And that's how mm-hmm. I feel about the Holy Spirit. I can tell yeah. you a lot of things, but it's until, not until you experience the Holy Spirit that the things that I say to you will make sense. Right. You know, you'll be looking for the, the things that I say, but not until you experience them, you will you'll be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, okay, okay, I got that. That's really how the presence of God is, the Holy Spirit is. All right. Yes. So the the third thing I want I want to talk to you about, which you know we have talked about a little bit in the past, but I'm going to take this to a different place because I believe that I'm talking to you right now people who, um, you know, you, you need a little bit more meat, you know, and so I'm going to give it to you. When you um, begin to develop more in in God, and you're that ask seek knock Christian, you will begin to develop in the Holy Spirit. And you're going to experience two things that are, that are the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I have always defined that to people by saying it is the Holy Spirit with you, within you, and the Holy Spirit upon you. Yeah. Okay? The Holy Spirit within you and the Holy Spirit upon you. That is the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. See, oftentimes we make these things so complicated, and they really are not. So before you're yeah. walking in Christ, before you accept Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit is hanging out with you, hanging out, walking with you side by side, leading, guiding, that kind of thing, like friends walking down the street. Right, right. Okay? And, and, That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. I, I, didn't hear you that you, I didn't hear that. No, I was saying that that is the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that is walking with you. I was agreeing right. with you. Yeah. Right. And, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit before you receive Christ is to get you to the point where you receive him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, it, and while there are a lot of people that, that say, like, they, you know, there has to be more than one way. I say that there's millions of ways to get through Christ, but there's only one way to get to the throne of grace. That's through Christ. All right? That's and so the Holy Spirit is hanging out with you to get you to an understanding of Christ so that you can accept him and his way, because his way is the way that God has for us. But the moment that you accept Christ, you now receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit goes from hanging out and being your friend to literally living inside your spirit. Right. And, and therefore, the idea of never being alone takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah, yes. You, you know, are literally I, I, wrapped up in, in the presence of God. Go ahead. You're never, you're never alone. No, I, I had a a dinner party, I remember, and I walked past the room, and I had one of my friends was sitting in there, and I said, why are you sitting here by yourself? And he said, I'm not by myself. I'm with God. And we have to remember that, you know, the Holy Spirit is with us 24-7, all the time, ready and available for you, any time, day or night. All you have to do is give in to it. You know? Yes. Let it yes. Okay. So so the evidence that we have the indwelling of the spirit. Now that indwelling is what they also call the new birth. Mhm. Okay? That is the new birth. 
But the evidence of that is the fruit of the spirit. Okay, remember, we're vine and branches and fruit, right? Mm -hmm. The fruit of the spirit will grow as you begin to grow and allow the indwelling Holy Spirit to lead you. And as you start doing the things that the Holy Spirit leads you to, then the fruit of the Spirit grows. And the fruit of the Spirit is found um, in Galatians 5, 23, and that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperaments. Those things grow as a result of the indwelling Holy Spirit, okay? I don't want anyone to get ahead of me because I know there are many people going to say, but there's more, there's more. We're, gonna, we're getting there. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, we're getting there. All right? The indwelling causes you to live and be able to have more love, to show more love, to have more joy, to have more peace, to have more patience, to be gentler, to have more faith. These are the things that grow as your trust grows. Your trust grows as you begin to continually take steps in the direction that the Holy Spirit leads you. If you don't take steps in the direction that the Holy Spirit leads you, then these things do not grow in your life. This is the reason why you have people who have been Christians believing in Christ as Savior for 40, 50, 60 years that are as mean as they can be. (laughs) They are as impatient as they can be. They are not kind at all. They are not peaceable people. Why? Because they do not accept the direction of the Holy Spirit within them. And so the fruit of the Spirit has dried up instead of blossomed. Right. The fruit of the Spirit should should be in your life the same as the fruit of a tree, that it grows Mm -hmm. and grows so much that you have to pass it out to other people. Mm -hmm. That's how the fruit of the Spirit should be in our lives. You know, um, I, I was at the retreat center that um, we are currently utilizing um, for one of the retreats that I attend um, is, is run by nuns. And this one particular nun, my God, when she comes around you, the love you feel is unreal. Unreal. I mean, seriously, when I say unreal, I've never felt anything like it. Okay. Never felt anything like it. And when I encountered her, I didn't want to leave her presence. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to hold on to her because I had never experienced anyone like that in my life. Okay. The fruit of the Spirit is real, and it can yeah. grow in your life. And that's exactly how it should be. It should be so contagious that people just want to be around you. Because they experience it, because that is a new way of them experiencing God. As the fruit of the Spirit grows in your life, you have more opportunity to to grab people and talk to them about Christ and get them saved. You can get people who are already saved into a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with God. Absolutely. Okay? That's the point of the fruit, along with the fact that it just makes living life so much easier. Yes. So much easier, so much easier. So that is the indwelling Holy Spirit. But then there is also the infilling Holy Spirit. Now that is the Holy Spirit that comes upon us. 
and it operates along with the dwelling. You don't get one or the other. You get both. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you choose to fully receive them and use them is another whole story. <laughs> the filling Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is, is a little bit different. You also grow in fruit, okay? But the, this is a different kind of fruit. This is called gifts, <laughs> okay? And this mm-hmm. gift is found in 1 Corinthians, and it's uh, chapter 12, right? Verse 7 and oh. through 11, and it's, and it's the manifestation of the Spirit. This is the mm-hmm. infilling, okay? And it says, <clears throat> for... For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. So look at that. Faith appears twice. Faith is a fruit, and then faith is also a manifestation of the Spirit. Okay? Mm -hmm. To another, gifts of healing. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. I want people to understand. Prophecy a word of knowledge and a word of, of wisdom are three different things. They are not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. These are power gifts, as they call them. And they come for service. This is for you to be in service to other people. This is the presence and the power of God. Which mm-hmm. causes to people to move to be saved, healed, delivered, set free. It causes people to receive a word of knowledge so that they know which way to go, so that they have answers. It causes the church to receive, to receive prophecy so that they understand about things that are coming. Right. This is the Holy Spirit upon us. And the thing, the, the, the way I can explain this to you is that the Holy Spirit within you is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. But the Holy Spirit upon you does not operate like that. The Holy Spirit upon you comes so that you can be in service. Now, you can will it, all right? It's a matter of your will. You, if you, mm-hmm. you can definitely develop that gift to the point. The Holy Spirit upon I'm talking about now. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit that in filling all right, you can operate that gift so that when you are talking with another person and, and, and they're in need of something, that you say, Holy Spirit, have your way, and the Holy Spirit moves into action. Okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It, doesn't, it isn't just that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and says, now's the time for you to give this word. Now's the time for them to walk in your healing. No. You tell the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, utilize me for this person to mm-hmm. receive, and the Holy Spirit will move into action. Absolutely. Okay, you have you have to understand that, and the reception mm-hmm. people 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 receive according to what they will receive. Because remember, mm-hmm. you can't force a person into receiving healing. You no. can't force a person to receive a revelation of a word. You can't force a person into faith. Mm-hmm. You can't force a person into a word of knowledge. So you can give whatever you want, but it still has to be received. Right. All right. And so the scripture reference, once again, for that is 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. For the fruit of the Spirit is Galatians 5, 22, 23. 
So that's the Holy okay. Spirit within, which is the indwelling Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit upon, which is, excuse me, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Two different things of the same Holy Spirit. But you will grow in these things as you walk with God, as you, as you take control of your relationship and you begin to study and apply the word and you begin to trust and you begin to develop your hearing of, of what God is saying and what God is leading you. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I received this because I obeyed. Ah, okay. You can say that if you want to, but I'd rather say God gave to me because he's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. God gave no, to me they, because he yes. is good. And yes. because he is good, I chose to obey. You know, he didn't give to me because I obeyed. No. It, it, obedience is not... It, it, oh, uh, we don't have time. But I just want to say know, obedience is... Um, it, it really is like blind. You know, we don't yes. become obedient to get something. He already expects us to be obedient. It's an expectation. Yes. You know, it's yeah. not like, oh, look at me, me, I'm being obedient, and I'm going to get something from it. No, you're not. You know, no. he expects obedience from his children, period. That's right. That's right. The same way he expected um, obedience from his children in the first testament. Yeah. Right? He expected mm-hmm. it from them then, just like he expects mm-hmm. it from us now. See this is when you see that God is God is the same yesterday, today and forever. God is right. not a respecter of person. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, if you can't say that God you believe that God is not a respecter of person and then you say, Well God gave this to me because I did X, Y, and Z No. <laughs> no. It's not about what you no. did. Now, there are times that you walk in a space in God, and God understands that that is a faith step and a faith walk, and God will say, you know what, well, because you did that, this is what happens. But he's still showing you what was already there for you to receive. All you had to do was go and get it. Now, see, and, and this is what people don't understand. It's like, well, God gave to me because I did this. If you hadn't done that, it still would be there for you to receive. You just would not have gotten it. Amen. Right? I'm going to bring you a real quick example, and then we can go because we only have like two minutes. Can you believe that? So real quick example, you know, um, there's, you know, there's a brand new car in your driveway that's supposed to be for you. All right? It's supposed to be for you. And if you want to get the key, Someone brought the car, the, the car to your driveway and parked it, put a note on your door and said the key's in the mailbox. Until you go to the mailbox and get the key, you can't drive the car. <laughs> As I, amen. But once you go and, and get the, mail, the key from the mailbox, the car is yours to drive, but the car is there for you to drive whether you get the key or not. Right. And that's how it works with the Lord also. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Woo! We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we um, did. <laughs> clarification. Um, 
definitely email Kimberly at K Horvath at Journey Home Ministries dot org and that's H O R V A T H um K Horvath. So if you want to continue this conversation, definitely email her and she'll get back to you. I this has been a wonderful word and I know we're getting ready to go off live streaming. But um we will see you back the second Tuesday of October. And yeah. uh-huh. that's God bless you and continue to keep you. And thanks so Praise much God, for that Thank help. you. You too. Okay. All right, God everybody. God bless everybody. Okay. <laughs> we are going to roll out of here like we always roll out of here with the song, How Great Thou Art. I, 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 we ran out of time, and I just want people to listen to this show again um, with an open mind and a willing spirit. And let it absorb in you because what was spoken over you was definitely a word from God. He needs us to understand these things so that he can then um, begin to work in our life independent of any person, position, just by him. All right? So, everybody... Society Hill Music, how great thou art. Everyone have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you soon. And, of course, I can't bring the songs up, and I'm always honest when I can't bring do something, right? <laughs> okay. It's coming. It's coming. We're, all right. Here we go. Everyone be blessed.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.